sitting here uh, watching State of the Union and then I just pass halfway. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? The State of the Union is true. Is it really? Is it? Oh, welcome to the A show, everybody. I'm rambling without thinking here. It's the A day abortion show for the February 6, 2019. How is it going, everybody? Happy belated Chinese New Year, by the way. Uh, happy first full moon that's gonna come in about a couple weeks or so. I think it's a couple weeks, yeah? Yeah, yeah, exactly two weeks when you have a full moon, full moon off of the lunar calendar. How's it been? Uh, it's been a crazy weather outside. Cabin fever was at a full high fever pitch. And then, uh, well, so, <laughs> believe it or not, we went from minus 30 wind chill to 50 degrees on Monday here. And then, uh, like, 43 degrees Tuesday. And we got a winter weather advisory all of a sudden because it's going to dip to 27 under, like, minus 3, 4. Going to get a freezing rain. And then all of a sudden, the road's going to ice. And then some of you are going to go like, I mean, can you stop bitching with the fucking weather outside, you know? Like, what difference does it make, huh? What difference is it? It's just the weather. Winter's cold. Winter's cold. How do you explain that? How do you explain that? But I'm like, if you have extremities like this that's going on to a ridiculous level where eight people die because it's fucking dangerously cold, and then all of a sudden it's going to swing back up to like 50 degrees in like some places like Chicago or Iowa that's like a 100 degree Fahrenheit swing. I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's fucking ridiculous. Now people are coming around after like 20, 30, 40 years that maybe global warming is real, you know? Maybe the climate change is real and you're fixing this. It, it, it's fucking too late. We're all going to die. I think it was it, the religious side of me, if there's any, it was going, you know what, maybe this is a God's way of like just purging everybody. It's like, oh yeah, you didn't, all of you didn't die in the minus 30, 35 wind chill? Or even minus 50 over there in, like, fucking uh, Chicago. You know, I'm going to bring it back up to the positive 50. How about a 100 degree swing, huh? Let's see if you get, let's see if you get cold. Let's see if the measles can be fucking more contagious. And then more of you fucking die. Because you forgot to vaccinate. Because you're a whole bunch of, you are fucking idiots. Like Jenny McCarthy and shit. Who's on the mass Singer now for some fucking reason. You know? Maybe, maybe, maybe it was a God's point. Maybe we're... Maybe this is a way to control the population, you know? We have too many people. We have too many fucking dogs. Too many fucking cats. As much as I love those animals, we have too many of them. It's like, it's too much. Too much. We don't recycle. We don't recycle in Detroit. For God's sakes, the whole... the When I... During the recording of a podcast, you know how I got the emergency message? Like, can you conserve the gas to 65 degrees Fahrenheit? America is great. And then, twice now, this fucking month, the water pipe break and this gas... Telling everybody in Michigan to limit it to 65 degrees because of one of the pipeline broken. Like, ah, we're not so sure if it can, ah, you know, meet up the demand. I understand, but like, this is the greatest fucking country in the fucking world, and I'm not even a citizen. I'm just a resident. And I go like, what the fuck infrastructure is this, huh? What the fuck is this, Donald? State of the Union is drunk. The fucking water pipe broke and the gas pipe broke and told me to keep it 65 degrees. What the fuck is that shit? And then I do my taxes. I just, I mean, I, I knew this kind of thing would happen. You know, it's like middle class is really fucking screwed here with a Trump tax cut. Like, with all the complications with the fucking withholding amount, itemized, removing itemized deduction, blah, 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 all that shit. We're going to cut it across all the board. And then I noticed this a couple weekends ago. I forgot to talk about it. I go like, well, because I wanted to wait and see because I was like, I, I start my taxes early. 
And then halfway through, I got most of the forms. I'm just waiting for one now. That's going to come next week after the corporate, you know, the 2018 tax season closes. And I get all the forms and the stock and all that shit. And I just look at it and go like, the fuck? Why is my, why is my, I, I, this is not right. What the fuck? Why am I, like, getting less money back? Like, significant less amount of money back. Like, in thousands less, you know? I'm just going like, to, what the fuck happened? So what I I haven't had time to dig through it. I wanted to upload the forms first. I mean, of course I'm gonna go back and double check and shit in about a week or two or three. And I'm like, and then I look up, and then today there's this news floating around. I was like, what the fuck? And like everybody's bitching about the tax cut. And like, yeah, it doesn't help me. I'm paying more in taxes. Some of these places you can't deduct the fucking uh, state and the local tax. What the fuck is this shit? And then people are outraging left and right. Trump, I voted for you. And then I'm like. I kind of saw this coming, so I was just like, whatever. But then, <laughs> so two two items that I pinpoint to as to why I'm getting less in return and probably end up paying because whatever that I get back, I'm going to have to pay the state and probably the city or some shit. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll get $50 back, you know, this year, which is, I'll say again, thousands less than what I got fucking back for 2017 tax year. So, I was like, W-4, the withholding amount. Apparently, there was an article that I got. I just popped up on my Apple News and the Washington Post or some shit. They said, accountants and all the tax for- uh, the firms are trying to figure out what the fuck the 2018 tax act. Get the Americans to do work. You know, that act, you know, meant for the withholding amount and what form to use, what form needed to be changed, etc., etc., etc. So, a lot of the companies are confused as to what W-4 forms fill it out and they make you know the one thing that I, they suggest to you is go back and uh, make sure you review the w4 again with all the uh, exceptions and all that stuff you know i was like i didn't change any of this shit and then i went back and redid it again but just in case but i'm like i really can't see a difference here i thought i got a tax break trump what the fuck the other one was a uh, mortgage interest uh deduction apparently that the whole itemization got removed or some shit and because of that, more people are likely to pay. So you might not just put the amount at all. So more, this would discourage people from buying home. I mean, I thought the original law was like for houses above, you can't, you can't deduct on your second mortgage. You can't deduct on any loan bigger than seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for the incoming new home loans. You know, stuff like that, or any houses above a million dollars. Like you know, there's a limit for the loan amount that like you can do. You know, stuff like that. But for that I think that's a big hit. What the fuck happened? And then every a lot of the tweets that I saw that people were reporting point to that. It's like, what the fuck happened to my mortgage interest, interest deduction? You know. And then like, oh, but like if you have a yacht and all that, you're screwed too for the rich people. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. These people paid it off anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. So anyway, yeah, tax cuts is working great. State of the union is strong. Clearly, the priority in this country is we need the fucking wall. Instead of figuring this shit out, you know? And I'm just like, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, you know, I think a year ago I did the whole state of the caffeine. That was the episode. And then, like, what the fuck is he talking about? You know, I'm not going to revisit that. I stopped the speech halfway, like I did last year. It's like, this is so fucking stupid. I'm not watching. This is the dumbest thing I I'm losing my brain cells every day. And then he started talking. And, of course, he only looks to his side. And I jokingly said, is this motherfucker going to turn to the right? He's, he's keep looking to his left. And not even look to the right. Because every Democrat women, you know, representatives are on the right. That's why he's not looking. But then when he started making speeches, like, you know, this is a great country. Now we have the most number of women in, in the House of Representatives. 
in the Congress ever. And then people, for some fucking reason, the Democrat women stood up and cheered, all wearing white, whatever the protest they're doing. And I just go like, why are you standing up? Like, I wouldn't stand up. He's like, I would, I would start a wrestling channel or something. He's like, cause of you, cause of you, cause of you, or some shit. Because I, and then Trump looked at it, he's like, look at me. Why let me know if he's like, yo, you disgusting fucking pig, you know, vagina grabber right here. You know, just grab me by the pussy. Yeah, you're the reason why, like, people are so repulsed to get all many of these regions flipped, like Orange County, California, and all that shit. So I'm just like, I'm sorry, what is this ass-backwards logic? Even, like, haters make me famous, is this the logic here? But I just like, I I don't care. I don't care. And then Buzz Aldrin was there, like, 50 years ago, we went to the moon. 75 years ago, we stormed the beach in Normandy. And then I'm like... What, what, I mean, those are great anniversaries, but what does that have to do with any of the current state, current state of the fucking union? Are you going back to the moon? No, not, I mean, some astronauts are going back, but you cut the fucking funding. It's been cut for a while. And then the veterans, like, okay, are you spending more in the veteran affairs? I will, I will. Kaepernick, what a son of a bitch. Yeah, but you're spending more money on war to put more veterans in the fucking hospital. Psychologically and physically. What the fuck are you doing? You know? I, I, we gotta build the world. We gotta build the world. You know, MS-13 gang. MS-13 gang. I'm sorry, I don't see them here in Detroit. It's it's an East, East Coast thing. Maybe some parts of LA and shit. And then Honduras. You know, people who are coming up to this country illegally. That needs to be stopped. It's inhumane. There are many women who get raped on the way to the border. That has no wall. I'm sorry, if you're gonna, if you're, so are you gonna have your refugee program? No, you just denied all that shit. So what the fuck are you talking about? But anyways, I'm not gonna lose my shit anymore. More and more listening to that shit. Because I know it's fucking pointless. So, I mean, it's not pointless. But I think I, 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 I would sound like I'm repeating some of the old episode points. But those are the ones that I saw. I don't watch anything after that. And then I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna start recording this shit. So anyways, speaking of... A few items that I mentioned there on the fly. The measles is like outbreak is getting ridiculous. State of my old home, state of Washington, who somehow got snow yesterday. I said I think Detroit and Seattle just swapped the weather for one day. So Detroit got the 50 degrees and rain all day, and I was blasting Soundgarden. And over in Seattle, it snowed two, three inches. <laughs> and then people fucking freak out. Don't know how to drive. There's no salt, obviously, because it's going to kill all the trees in the Evergreen State. And people are just having a wussy-ass time over there. And, and I said this one. I saw snow twice ever in Seattle area. The first time was when I went to go apartment hunting two weeks before I started work. And then the second time is probably my last year. And then it snowed and I had to drive home. And I was like, what the fuck? And then, like, people really didn't know how to drive, you know? Despite all the mountains being there and shit. You know, people go to snow resorts and the ski slopes and all that. So I was like, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. But then again, they can't even drive in rain. So what the fuck do you expect in snow over there? Anyways. Anyways. So measles happen. And then, like, measles is going up. And then New York is picking the steam up, too. And then I said... And I'm like, because of the anti-vaccination people, you just need the MMR vaccination. But people, people, people stop vaccinating because I don't want my kid to be autistic. You know, that whole fucking conspiracy, the, the hoax that's been proven to be hoax. And people still believe this shit. 
which I don't understand. Measles went up in Philippines too. See, and then where am I finding this shit out? LinkedIn, their news feed, actually, after all the shitting that I did last week, is not that bad. You know, people's fear about vaccines aren't just about vaccines. So what the fuck is this about, U.S. and abroad? You know, you know, maybe this is God willing, once again, like the weather. And then we have too many people. We're eating too much meat, and I'm eating a steak every day. So I'm contributing to this, grass-fed ones especially. And I'm just like, maybe this is a sign. Like, this is a way to let some people go, new and old, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, what the, what the fuck? Like, this shouldn't happen. But then, like, populism happens. This shit happens. Like, you know what? Go die. Go die. I can't believe I'm saying this. Go die. Go kill yourself, you know, unknowingly. Just because, you know, you didn't listen to the science. You went with your feelings. And then I'm getting emotional. <laughs> um... But are you really surprised? Are you really surprised that this happened, given the history of everything? So, there's that. So, I'm like, eh, eh, what? Measles happened. And then, who's the biggest, you know, asshat leader of this thing for the last decade? Jenny McCarthy. And then, she's still holding out there. And then, she's on the one of my new favorite shows, believe it or not, the Korean show that actually works in America. The Mass Singer. I, I, I like that show. That is the one show that kept the true touch to the original what a segue here going from measles to jenny mccarthy to the mass singer you know coming from the state of the union and whatnot and the weather before that you know i love that show except jenny mccarthy nicole scherzinger and then ken jung i'm not sure did did they put him in there because he's probably an executive producer because he's probably korean because he is korean <laughs> not probably because he is i mean i love the brother but i'm just like i don't know man he kind of he kind of overacts so much. Robin Thicke is alright. He actually evaluates based on the singing. Nicole Scherzinger. I don't understand the fascination with her. You're sure she was the one that sang every song in the Pussycat Dolls. Sure she was a hot one 10-15 years ago. When I was in high school. And I don't know. She's such an uppity looking bitch. I just like get annoyed by her. And then when she was in the X Factor USA. And then people hated her too. You know. I can't take her. Jenny McCarthy. I can't take her. And then the over uh, Joel McHale when he was guest like judging on that show, I thought it was hilarious. Oh yeah, and then like just keeping the re- reality line there, and then he actually guesses for like who, who the mass singer could be. You know, he's a realist judge, and I I want that reality set in there. I don't want this overreacted bullshit. You know, the American huh, huh. maybe it's Britney. It's like why the fuck would Britney show up on this show? You know, because so far all the unveiled ones have been like. Uh, the Chi Chen Chang, one of them. I forgot which one. Fuck. Um, Antonio Brown, right after his team got eliminated, which is hilarious timing. Margaret Cho, and then Terry Bradshaw, and then I, tomorrow, the, the, the by the time you hear this, the fifth one is gonna be revealed. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool, cool, cool like a. Uh, revelations there so i'm really genuinely curious about the other ones and i've seen some articles like from npr or slate or some shit that i actually talk about this like this is a fascinating mystery this is actually genuinely curious and i'm like that is a point of the show i think this could work except for the very worked up crowd manufactured crowd and then the over manufactured scripted reaction of jenny mccarthy and nicole scherzinger and over over trying to be too cool ken jong i'm like i don't like the judges on that show they need to calm the fuck down only Robin Thicke is, seems to be paying attention to what the singer is and stuff. And although Jenny McCarthy got a couple right, 
And then I, then Joe McHale got one right too. But I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I, I can't watch the judging segment. I skipped through when I watched it on Hulu. It's like, just, I, I don't want to hear these people. Skip, 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 skip. I want to hear the singing and then just get to the end. That's what I've been doing. But the Korean part, the best part of this show is like, hey, what are the clues and all that stuff. So clue part of it is interesting too. But it's just like a pre-recorded segment. It's like, I do this, I do this, I do this. And then I just go like, it's... And then you hear the judge commentary on top of that video segment. I just like, I can't, I can't. I, I, I'm already annoyed by these judges. And then it's making me turn off the sections that I should really pay attention to. When the judges don't speak, I watch the rest of this show. That's what I've been doing. So judges need to shut the fuck up in this thing. Judges don't make the show. The mass singers make the show. I don't want to hear Jenny McCarthy saying, I don't know if that guy, that, that, that the fucking unicorn had the measles vaccine virus, you know. He doesn't sound so fucking uh, autistic, so it probably didn't get the vaccination. You know, some of that dumb shit like that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. So that is a mass singer. Oh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Holy shit. Um, I was really fascinated watching it because everybody's shitting on the game, Adam Levine and all that stuff. I found the Super Bowl. I found the Seahawks-Broncos when Seahawks absolutely killed the Broncos. I found that the most boring Super Bowl that I've seen in my life. And I still do. When the Seahawks beat them like 43-7, to something like that, I said, I, I, I can't watch this. This is like so one-sided. I don't give a shit. Super Bowl 48. 43-8. to That game ended when Manny Ramirez snapped the ball and then Peyton Manning got this, you know, Threw the ball over his head the first snap, and then it went to the whatchamacallit. It went to the, it became a safety. I said, This game's over. This game's over. Bruno Mars, Red Hot Chili Peppers, halftime. Don't care. The game was over. And then second half begins. And I'm like, You know what? Maybe the Broncos will start, you know, get their de- defense right at that time. And then the Percy Harvin kickoff return. It's like, Fuck. 31 nothing. Or 30 nothing. Something like that. It's 29 nothing to start the second half. I was like, Fuck this. This game, on the other hand, the Super Bowl L3, or the 53, uh, people said it's so boring, you know, they expected, given the how much high offense is, you know, the season has been, it's a comeback season, um, I I don't know, because I, I was so shocked by how good the Patriots defense was, and also how well kept up the Rams defense was. Did I have a favorite in this match? No, not exactly. I mean, yeah, I've been joking around saying, whose house? Rams house. After going to seeing the Rams twice, and I just like just buy into the hype <laughs> of Sean McVay. I just never really didn't want to doubt the Patriots because I got the experience gap is way too big between Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. Tom Brady versus Goff. And I'm like, the defense wasn't the problem because Wade Phillips is almost 70 years old. It was the experienced staff member who won the Super Bowl with the Broncos a couple of seasons ago. And I just went like, I, that that defense held up. Wade Phillips seen all in all, just as much as Bill Belichick and Tom Brady saw everything in the NFL over the last 20, 30 years. So it's just like, that wasn't the problem. The problem was the Rams not being able to fucking figure out how to get over the Patriots' different looks and everything in their defense. Brian Flores... The defensive coordinator for the Patriots absolutely called the right place from start to finish, you know. And he's going to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, which means they're going to be mediocre and he's going to get fired after two seasons. And he's not a white coach, so he's probably not going to get a chance after two seasons. 
so speaking of, why did I say why PK? Why the fuck? Why did you talk about that stuff? So Super Bowl, I'm not gonna say much. You know, Patriots can't doubt him. Is I I mean Brady completed his fucking Infinity Gauntlet, but did he look in like invincible? God no, he got no touchdown. Edelman got open in a lucky few. A lot of the plays, Josh McDaniels called the right ones at the right time. But it it kind of felt like the Peyton Manning win, in a way. But he got a lot of pressure up on him with Aaron Donald and Sue. You know, defense the that defensive line made a lot of adjustments to address that. So yeah, that was expected. But you know, Mc Brady he kept the team in the game. He kept the team in the game, and uh, so I I cannot rule them out. This is the greatest dynasty that I've seen in my lifetime. No matter what people say. So there's that. And the thing leading up to the Super Bowl, I mean, I talked about LinkedIn and how useless the newsfeed is. You know what I started seeing a lot? It's like everybody started, two people the media completely fell in love with leading up to the Super Bowl was the LA Rams head coach, Sean McVay, and Tony Romo. Tony Romo had an okay Super Bowl, but given how slow the game was, not as offensive the game was, I don't know, he couldn't get the best out of him, I feel like. But at this, and then some people are like, "Hey, Tony Romo's spoiling so many plays because he knows so much." And I'm like, "Dude, get the fuck out! Where were you all fucking season? Stop bitching, you know." And then Sean McVay is like, "I, I, I, <laughs> I called him I, our millennial hero because he was born in '86. You know, he was a head coach of my age right now at 30 and shit." But and then I think that's been in the article over the weekends, like why every NFL team is taking the wrong lesson from the Sean McVay hire. Which I completely agree with. You know, it's a sports. Same as business. Sports. It's a monkey see, monkey do business. If the Giants, New York Giants beat the Patriots because of the awful, awesome fucking defense, defensive line. Then everybody goes look for that defensive coordinator who's hard hitting and get the big ass motherfuckers. Like Michael Strahan, Justin Tuck, all these guys. And then like, get get that. And then I'm sure everybody's getting that with the Rams defense too. It's like, oh, get that. Get me that Aaron Donald. Get me that Dominic and Sue. Get me that corners. Get me those linebackers, you know. And then get me the Malcolm Butler when he intercepted. You know, that shit. It's a monkey see, monkey do business. They see Sean McVay like, where can I find that white 30-year-old coach who's offensive-minded, who seems like a genius? Completely dismissing the fact, which is also what that's been pointed out. This guy has a pedigree. And then the genius and all that. I don't know genius is a strong word. This guy has an intellect and then the pedigree to get the right staff and the people. And to, in a way, privilege because of his family line and the bloodline of his coming from a football family. I just go like, of course Wade Phillips knows Sean McVay's dad and grandpa and shit. Of course John Gruden hires Sean McVay because John Gruden knows Sean McVay's dad, you know? And then Sean McVay's not a dummy either. The expectations are high, you know? It's, it's like being a celebrity or the athlete's child. Like, do you think that's like a fucking given everything handed to you? Everyone expects those kids to be just as good as their parents for whatever field they're in. That's a fucking high expectation. I gotta live up to that shit. You know? And Sean McVay lived up to it. This guy's memory, which is hella creepy, is impressive. And I just go like, you know, this guy this guy has this, uh, he, he has a different vibe. You know? I'm not saying it just because he's young and white. This guy, I think, proved himself. Despite what happened in the Super Bowl, and then he flat out said, I got out coach tonight. You know, that night. You know? He really had no answer. Jared, I'm sure he didn't know what the fuck to tell Jared Goff. Like, I don't know, buddy. 
<laughs> I've never been here either. The coach next to me across the sideline, across the field, is double my age. What the fuck do you want me to do? But then this guy, a scary memory that he has, if you saw that HBO uh, special, what was it, the real sports with Brian Gumble, you know, where he's like, hey, what happened to this play? And then he just like, boom, recites it. You know, what happened to this play? Game 6, 2017, boom, he says it. He just remembers every single thing. And then I was like, holy fuck, what the fuck, dude? This and then you see that, and then you see how this guy speaks with honesty and the real and all that. It's like the genuine thing that it comes out of it. This guy is a different cat. So even though what happened with the Super Bowl, and then you know Dan Quinn, that's the other example that I could think of as the Atlanta Falcons. You know they blew it 28 to three a couple years ago, a couple Super Bowls ago, and just go like, you know what? Like it is very hard to get here. But out of all the other coaches and other teams, I think this guy has. Different pedigree. I've been saying that word way too often. I should get a dog. Um, but so this guy has a scary memory, and then he's gonna remember this game. You know, I I have a pretty damn scary good memory too for obscure stupid shit. You know, it's a blessing and a curse, especially for bad memories like this. For this like hyper memory, like memorizing people. I don't think I'm one of them, but I have a pretty creepy like good memory and stupid things. And just go like. It, it it will hurt. You you he will never forget. And then he's gonna live this at least the next entire off season until next year. And then he's gonna come back with everything. He's gonna get other assistants. He's gonna pull up every video of the Patriots, other teams, and be like, okay, what what is in Bill Belichick's you know great archive that he had that I didn't know. I'm still building. I had to learn it and feel it. And then. So because of that, I believe in Sean McVay. I think he's still the millennial hero. I think the Rams have a good chance. Seahawks are surprisingly up and coming. There are other teams that are really good in the NFC as well. You know, the Chiefs. Are they going to beat the Patriots? You know, um, I don't know. But it just, it NFC looks tough too. You know, a lot of teams could up and come back. New Orleans, LA got away with that one. You know, and then, they, so, you know, it's very hard to get back, but I, I think this team, compared to the other ones, like the Seahawks, well, their ego's getting out of hand and all that shit. You know, that's a big factor, too, but I, as a head coach, Sean McVay, I was like, I, I'm sure he's going to come back. Unless this is like a Dan Marino version of a fucking head coach, and he never comes back ever again. You know, Dan Marino in his second season goes to the triple, they're going to make it again. You know, it's Dan Marino, and then, like, fucking never happened again. You know, is this gonna happen with Sean McVay? I hope so. Like, like, I hope that he makes it back. I, I, I'm confident that he will. The guy with that much brain power at this age, like, he has to. Jared Goff, he learned that he looks like a deer in a headlight. He doesn't know what the fuck to do either. Todd Gurley, what the fuck happened? They're saying he's healthy. They're saying he's healthy. I don't think he was healthy. I really don't. I think that's just a facade. We'll probably find out over the next two or three weeks. So, that said about the Sean McVay. What is every other team doing? So, Arizona Cardinals, everybody, monkey see, monkey do, idiot league that we have in sports. Not just NFL, but every single sport. NHL does this too. NBA does this too. Uh, MLB does this too. Monkey see, monkey do league. Uh, they decide to, all the coaching carousel that we had, they decide to hire young-ish, mostly white, offensive-minded people. And I thought I was the only one noticing this until people started writing about it. Uh, starting with Adam Gase in New York Jets. Adam Gase, the golden boy out of the Broncos offensive line, uh, the offensive coordinator, who ended up going to Miami Dolphins. 
with Ryan Tannehill and then that half-ass whatever offense they had around. You know, that team hasn't had good fucking offense, you know, since Dan Marino really left. Yeah, there was that one season that 08 that Brady got hurt and then you had the Wildcat with, you know, Tony Soprano as a head coach. Blah, whatever. That was one season. But, and I, that's a that's a definition of mediocrity. Joe Philbin, Adam Gates. What difference does it make? Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. What the fuck are you going to go? That to do. That guy was born a day before I was. You know what? So whatever. That's that. How about the Jets hired him? Why? I don't know. I, why? why? I, it, like, Todd Bowles, he's been like descending quite a bit. But I'm like, what difference? Sam Darnold needs a fucking offensive guy. Yeah, what about your fucking defense, buddy? It's so shit. It's a sieve. You know? So there's that. Oh, and who else? Arizona Cardinals. No, not the Arizona Cardinals. Who was it? I'm trying to remember this NFL coaching hires. Before I get to the Arizona Cardinals, I wanted to get the other ones. So there was another offensive coordinator that got hired. Who was it? Why can't I remember? Well, Bruce Arians, I guess. He's not young, but he's like a 70-year-old. <laughs> Sean McVay. He's going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. You know, he's. I like Jameis Winston. The fucking crab leg stealing. I don't know, potentially, allegedly, Uber-driving ra- Uber rapist over there, you know, getting fat. So, there's that hire. Uh, let's see, let's see. What else, who else got hired again? Who else got hired here? Alright, so the, 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 what was it? The Browns hired Freddie Kitchens, who's not 30, but he's 44. Offensive coordinator last year for the Cleveland Browns. I mean... I, I, wasn't he the one that had like a fucking 56 pages of offense that like nobody read? I don't know, whatever. Oh, Zach Taylor, the quarterback coach for the fucking LA Rams, your NFC defending champs. He got a job as a Bengals head coach? What the fuck? I mean, how old is this guy? 35. Oh my god, he's older than Sean McVay. What the fuck? Anyways, so I'm just like, alright, another young guy, another young offensive guy, mostly white. So, oh, and finally, the worst of the worst, in my opinion, at Cliff Clingsbury from Arizona Cardinals. I, you, you might be asking yourself, who? Cliff Kingsbury, who's that? The Ryan Gosling of the college football is an NFL head coach. After going super mediocre for the, what, seven years or so he was there? Did I count that right? All right, let me look at this. Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, six seasons as a head coach of the Texas Tech, his alma mater. He went 35 and 40. He got fired. He went to three bowl games. He hasn't won one since his first year. And then he's like, and, and then the whole point is like, God, he's such a, he's such a quarterback guru. You know, he had Case Keenum. You know, he coached him when he was in H- University of Houston. Johnny Manziel, Patrick Mahomes. Baker Mayfield, who transferred, and H. Kingsbury. God, this guy knows everybody. And I'm like, okay, but he never coached in the NFL level. I thought he just got hired by USC as an offensive coordinator next to, uh, what's his face, Lane Kiffin. You know, the 10 years ago, the hot offensive coordinator that the Raiders loved, and then they realized that he's a piece of shit human being. You know? So... Oh, no, it's not next to Lane Kiffin at USC. What's his face? Not anymore. It's Clay Hilton. And I was like, 
What? He just took a job. He he became an offensive coordinator in the next level of fucking college on the West Coast. And then the recruits went to USC because they found out that Kingsbury was coming as the offensive coordinator and this one kid got hosed out of it. And then he's like, oh, no, never mind. And then, like, he was hired. And then he was hired in December. And then he's like, oh, the Jets and Cardinals want me. And then the USC blocked it, Yet, which I agree with. But then, like, the NFL teams won't be happy when USC blocks, you know, hiring like this. And I'm like, dude, like, you can't allow this shit. That's that's completely, that's that's just no boundary, man. That's fucked up. And then he's like, I got to take the job. I got to take the job. You're going to block me for interviewing? Yeah, you just got here. We expect you to offensively coordinate in the Pac-12. But it's the NFL. And then... I can't believe these Arizona Cardinals and New York Jets even consider. You know, Arizona Cardinals are already as a fucking mess. This idiot president who's a son of the owner here, Mike Bidwell, you know. You, <laughs> like his hiring has been disastrous ever since Bruce Arians left and Carson Palmer retired. I know why Bruce Arians retired when Carson Palmer retired. No wonder why. But I was like, Oh, we need an offensive guy. We need a fresh mindset. This is exact, you know, business talk that you get from business people who don't think this through. And then that's been pointed this out, and then which is why, why my observation as well with the pedigree and prestige, and then the privilege that McVeigh had was the family connection, and he optimized the best of it at this stage in his career to get the right assistance. He got Wade Phillips. He got the guys like Zach Taylor, the young-minded offense, to help his offense. You know, he got the veteran coaching staff and be a cool head coach, unlike Luke Walton, the other L.A. young head coach. He surrounded himself with the right staff and right people. And he, as far as right now, three seasons in, has a respect of his peers and the players. Kingsbury, Adam Gase, I don't fucking know. Their track records ain't so fucking good. In Kingsbury's case, none whatsoever. So... They just look at it and go, you just need that guy. Put him in there. He'll figure it out. But then the LA Rams, after they fired Jeff Fisher, who's a king of mediocrity right there, they vetted him. They made sure that he's surrounded by the good staff of the experience, like all those people. But are you going to give that with the Cardinals? Are are the Jets going to do that? Looking at their ownership and then the upper management being so shit, I'm not so confident. And then they're going to... But how much rope are they going to give, you know? I think the Dallas guy made this argument too. It's like, I don't know. It's like these white guys get the chances quite a lot. Like Jason Garrett, how come he's still around? He's doing a fantastic job, right? Although Jerry Jones now is coming to his senses after about 10 years. You know, that like, yeah, we're not going to extend this contract. It's a Super Bowl or bust, you know? So am I blaming it simply on race and then the age at this point? No. But that is a fucking pattern. And then it doesn't look fucking good. Yeah, and then like Vance Joseph, did he do a good fucking job? No. Did Todd Bowles do the most utmost job? No. But I don't understand when Levy Smith gets fired in Tampa Bay Bucks and the three cutter got like more length of the run than fucking uh, Levy Smith did who took his team to the fucking Super Bowl. And Levy Smith is fucking frustrating. But I go like, why are you giving Dirk Cutter... Another white offensive coordinator who's not quite 35, more like 55. Why are you giving him a fucking rope like that? You know? I just go like, I don't know. I don't know. 
all. You don't get the assistance. <clears throat> Brian Flores aside right now. Mike Tomlin aside right now. How many black coaches are in the NFL now? I can't even think. Oh, yeah, and then the Anthony Lynn in the San Diego Chargers. He did a fantastic job taking over from Mike McCoy. The other guy who had a head coaching job is an offensive guru, young-minded, you know? And then all that happened in the NFL. And then I go on the fucking LinkedIn, looping it back to the last fucking episode. The, and I, I read this article about the, on the Tesla earnings call last week. They hired, they, they, they promoted a new VP who's 32 years old, unknown. Yeah, his name is Kevin or some shit. And I go like, oh my God, is this some kind of like Sean McVay mechanism here? And then somebody in the Tesla board anonymously said, yeah, it's kind of like the Sean McVay hire. Just drop that line like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then Washington Post article that got shared around by everybody. Everybody just clickbaiting left and right. It was like, these are the, you know, the Sean McVay is an example of what the, what the, you know, his inexperience is an asset that people want to look at in the business world. The inexperience is a value that you can see. What, some shit like that. And I was just like, okay, what are the examples they're throwing here? And then, what was it? <laughs> the, the, the CFO of uh, GM, she surrounded herself with the, the older people, 39-year-old Divya. She's a new CFO now. You know, I, like, it was like, okay, example. The Tesla one obviously came up. Um, what else came up here? Ah, I lost the article. And then I just go like, I just read this and I'm like, okay, cool. For, okay, here's this exact headline. For young leaders such as Sean McVay. Oh, now the thing froze. Give me a second here. Here it says, for young leaders such as Sean McVay, inexperience can be a hidden advantage. <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. This is not let's read an article page. At worst, I screw up. Yeah, and then they put the example of our, the GM, our new CFO. And then blah, 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 blah. I got to try harder. I got to try harder. Uh, the other example they had was, uh, what was it, Joey Levin. When he, he's not a 30-something anymore, but when he was younger, he was like, oh, try to force me to look older, blah, blah, blah. And you're only one young for once. YOLO, brother. That's why we're, our millennials, especially these days, like, we just, like, got to do now or die tomorrow, you know, we could die tomorrow, you know, you know, it's my mentality going to work too, you know, McVay, he could not be here tomorrow, that's why he's so, he's such a renegade, he's such a fucking maverick, he's the only one, he's young, you know, he's got that energy to do it before you turn 45, you can't get your dick up anymore, you know, you can't make those like offensive decisions, no, until Belichick kills him, you know, and I'm his age too, I'm in his age group, so, and I'm like, and then I, God, this is coming from a person who recorded the episode called the Blame Avocados and uh, Millennials or something. Avocado Toast and Millennials. So, and then I argued against this thing. But at the same time, I absolutely hate this <coughs> confirmist mentality. Like, you know what? We need the Sean McVay of this you know, organization. When people started taking this monkey see, monkey do to the other level, taking the sports analogy, but applying it to the actual thing, Yes, in some cases it's good. I mean, yes, I, like I, I joke about it every time, like ageism, and then because like you know, but I just go like, can you relax? Like, one guy, you really need to look at Sean McVay as a whole. And then in a, this article, I, I just like sifted through, like, so what's the point? Like, it's not about the age. It's not about the age. You know, blah 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 blah. So it, 
it raises an interesting question. Is experience that long value trade earned and developed across decades actually overrated? Write this on Monday. Don't write this before the Super Bowl. Who, whoever wrote this needs to rewrite this because the answer has become yes. What I would say is it's not the inexperience just by the length of it. It's the, it's the ability to make the decision on the spot. It's the ability to drive it through. Fucking, yeah, drive. That's the fucking common word that people use. It's, it's the pedigree, the decision making. It's that, it's that, it's that intent, that intangible leadership and respect you gain from your peers and other people. An A player who could raise the A plus, plus players. You know, I can't believe I referenced that one again from the Steve Jobs. That does not have numbers or quantities. If you can't, Sean McVay portrayed that and got the team this far, so far, three seasons in. This guy has talent. You know, Divya, our new CFO, she has talent. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten far that she did. Joey Levin example. This guy has talent. You know, you get Austin Matthews, 21-year-old, who just got almost... $60 $60 million contract extension at 21, making 11 and a quarter million a year. That's a talent. That's a gift. You need to tell. Stop throwing generality of inexperience and the sheer number of you know years and just say, is that overrated? That's a clickbait, man. That's why I didn't want to click on this article. Until I was like, let me see what they think. It's, it's really. I like. It didn't really give a conclusive answer. Because after the Super Bowl, it was pretty fucking clear that Walt experienced one. And that's a fucking damn talented experience of Bill Belichick. You know? And Bill Belichick, if you put him up against it, you know? I mean, other coaches have just as much experience. He's the, it's Bill Belichick is the oldest head coach to win the Super Bowl. However, he's still coaching because he's still winning. He's not Marty Schottenheimer. I mean, he's better than Bill Parcells. He's better than Bill Cower, better than Tony Dungy, better than Chuck Knoll at this point. I'm sorry, that's just a pure talent and gift. And then the fucking assholeness leadership, decisiveness, cutthroatness. That 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 cut him that got him through. So it's not the pure numbers and quantity at this point. LA Rams did a fantastic job vetting Sean McVay, like that that's been said. L.A. Rams did a perfect job surrounding McVay with the right experienced staff that could enable McVay to be in the position they're in and have the respect of the players and the peers. So let's not get carried away with this, hey, you know, he's a new, young, hot thing. Let's just do it. Maybe it will work out. I mean, every business makes that decision. It's no different from sports. But I'm sorry, as much as I support you know, not discriminating against the age and all that stuff, especially against the young ones, given how millennials get a lot of shit on, you know, saying it's the most, oh, God, it's the most spoiled, you know, generation of our lifetime. Every generation before you is spoiled to the eyes, you know, because I'm already sick of the Gen Zs, but I go like, hold up a second. I was there two seconds ago. I don't play Fortnite. I still play Counter-Strike, <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. So let's not get carried away. Let's look at every individual with the talent and vet them properly. You know, 
That's that's my suggestion. So that goes both ways with the age too. Just because that person's old, just because that person's young, don't mean they're spoiled. You know, there's some good things that this article points out. You know, you know, you only you're only young once. You know, the worst I can do is screw up. That also also my mentality too, which gives me more flexibility to push the boundaries and at the same time get the most out of the people. Not just push the boundaries for my own shits and giggles. I'm doing it so we can get the most out of people. Like I said last week in LinkedIn, have you done your absolute best instead of blaming the managers, blaming the company culture? You are part of the culture. Have you applied yourself? The Asian parent side of me coming out. The, for those who are not self-aware and not ask that question, cannot succeed. I'm sorry. Or you're just going to stay as is and live on a fucking pension in the government. If you're okay with that, fine. But you wouldn't be on my team other than doing a minuscule pedestrian work just to get it by. I'll give you that work. Or that will be the extent of the task that will be given to that person. If you want the absolute best, if you want the Todd Gurley's, if you want the Jared Goffs, if you want the Wade Phillipses to coach Aaron Donalds in the world, fuck, man. It has to, that, that's, a, that's a different level of talent. So that's it. I can't believe I went longer than I thought I was going to go. So that's what I want to say about this whole Sean McVay orgasm the media was having last week. Tony Rumble, that's the other thing. But you get the idea. Just don't fall in love with what you just see in front of you, although it's a clickbait article. And then please do not share this on LinkedIn. You know, I don't know, because I'm a sports fan, maybe because I'm also, like, into this whole, you know, like, following through, like, seeing through the bullshit of the business professional talk of the both sides, like, I just, like, cut through it, I don't have time for this shit, but, you know, somebody needs to drop a reality here, this goes back with the, one of the old episodes, like, why every product needs a hater, yeah, I'm the hater, I'm gonna drop the line here, because sometimes a reality needs to be heard. Sometimes somebody's got to put a pause on it and say, guys, stop. What are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why am I? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be the asshole. I'll be Mark Wahlberg of this fucking good, the other guys, okay? So anyways, I'm going way too long here. I haven't, I, I didn't think I was going to go too long, but I guess I, I, I kind of caught the second wind. I'm, I'm a little surprised. So thanks for listening. I'm sorry if I got sounded so yelly, uh, like Mel Gibson level. But, um, hey, have to get it out there because a lot of energy is still flowing today um, after the workout and all, which is good. So thank you for listening. Please subscribe on the Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud. This is where this is posted. And uh, whatever pod thing you use, you can find this podcast. Tell your friends to listen to this. If you have any other things to hate on, shout out, holler, aa.show.com, aa.show.com. Uh, have a great Whatever you're doing right now, the, the day, the afternoon, the night, and then uh, well, have a happy Valentine's Day, a little ahead of time. I, I think that's a couple of weeks.